the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, October the 23rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On October 23, 1983, 241 U.S. service members, most of them Marines, were killed in a suicide truck bombing at Beirut International Airport in Lebanon, while a near-simultaneous attack occurred on French forces, killing 58 paratroopers. I remember that day well. It was a Sunday, Sunday morning. I was driving to church, the church I pastored, and um, I heard it on the news and and what had happened. When we got there, the first service began, our early service, and um, I announced to the congregation what had just happened. And of course, there was a, you could hear people gasping for their breath across the building. But um, as it turned out, one of the families had a member of their family in that particular area at that time. As it turned out, the per- their person of their family was not uh, injured or killed, but they didn't know at that moment. They were just hearing that for the first time. But it was a uh, there was a suicide truck bombing that came into the international airport in Lebanon, and uh, it, it 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 was horrible. And we were not used to those kinds of things at that time, as we have become somewhat um, accustomed to hearing of bombings and people blowing up other people because they don't like them and so on. October 23, 1983. Today in 1707, the first parliament of Great Britain held its first meeting. Today in 1915, tens of thousands of women paraded up Fifth Avenue in New York City. No, they weren't, they weren't there to look at the, uh, all of the new fashions. They were there demanding the right to vote. Today in 1973, President Richard Nixon agreed to turn over the White House tape recordings subpoenaed by the Watergate Special Prosecutor, Judge John Sirica. As you will recall, the recordings, as it turned out, had a, was it, a, what was it, an 18-minute or 20-minute gap in, in it? Just something strange happened while it was recording. Today in 1987, the U.S. Senate rejected the Supreme Court nomination of Robert H. Bork, the vote was 58-42. I remember that well also because the um, the hearing on his nomination, Robert Bork, the hearing was unlike anything I had ever seen. It preceded Clarence Thomas. But it was the same actors. Joe Biden, Senator Joe Biden, was head of the uh, committee, the ju- judicial committee that was interviewing these nominees to the Supreme Court. Robert Bork was a conservative, or is, I believe he's still living, was a conservative, outspoken, very well-spoken guy. He was not black, he was white. Clarence Thomas would come a little later. But Joe Biden 
attack Robert Bork in ways that I had never seen, never dreamed of was possible in one American against another in a public forum like that. He absolutely destroyed the man because he disagreed with what he believed. And that was an awakening for me. I was young, of course, and uh, it was it made an impression on me that I've taken with me from this time. And it not only not only was shocking the way it was handled and the things that were said about a man just because Joe Biden and others like him disagreed with what he believed. He was a absolute conservative, Robert Bork. And he had written a lot, so they had a lot of ammunition to go after him with. And they got him. They destroyed him. He was not confirmed to the Supreme Court. But it made an indelible impression upon me that helped shape some of my own views during the years since then. And so there often good can come out of evil, but that was an evil hearing in my view. Today in 2014, officials announced that an emergency room doctor who had recently returned to New York City after treating Ebola patients in West Africa Africa tested positive for the virus, becoming the first case in the city and the fourth in the nation. It's interesting how they still call that the Ebola virus. That's a place, a river in Africa. How quickly we shed the Chinese aspect of the Wuhan virus. Very interesting. Peter Demos wrote an article. He begins with this. I want to just share the introduction to the article. Then I want to talk to you a little bit about America and our relationship with Israel. And then we want to talk a little bit about Christian and conservative act, uh, advocacy organizations are urging churches to take an active role in voter outreach and ballot collection efforts. We know it as ballot harvesting, and um, that caught my attention because it's kind of a nefarious thing. When you hear about ballot harvesting, it usually has to do with the left, and it usually has to do with some uh, apparent fraudulent activity, people delivering ballots out of the trunk of their car at 2 a.m. in the morning at the back door of a building where votes are being counted. I know it's not proper to say that out loud, and... I understand that there are people going to prison because they believe that and have expressed it, but I believe it's true. So you always associate, at least I do, when I hear ballot harvesting, I always think, boy, there go the Democrats again, you know, messing with the election. But now Christian organizations are talking about not doing anything unethical, not at all. But because of existing laws in certain states in in the country, they're... A number of organizations, uh, Christian organizations, very ethical, legit organizations, are now encouraging Christians to organize and organize in their churches to help people get their votes in and do what the left has been doing for nefarious reasons, do it in an ethical and appropriate way to help people get in their votes and encourage people to vote in the upcoming election. We'll come back to that in a moment. DeMoss wrote, As Israel stands in the fog of war and the world waits, 
with anticipation for what will happen next and what it means for the future of this region, Christians should pay close attention because God has already directed us on what side we should choose. Last week, he said we watched the news in horror as savage attacks left people brutally slaughtered in their beds by godless monsters. Women have been raped. Children have been stoned. Many of those violent assaults on innocent humans were filmed, videoed, celebrated by the attackers, put on the Internet in an abhorrent display of inhumanity. The gunning down of young Israelis at a music festival is an image that no one will soon forget. He said this kind of violence is despicable and should be condemned by every American and certainly every Christian in the world. Israel is an important ally, longtime friend of the U.S. Moreover, this small but strong nation represents God's chosen people, whom he very directly said we should love. As human beings, allies, and followers of God, we have a duty to to rebuke the atrocious violence, pray earnestly for the innocent people affected on all sides of the conflict and adopt God's special heart for Israel, end of quote. That's true. I believe in that. The U.S. was the first country to recognize Israel's statehood when Israel was declared its independence and given its independence in 1948. That 75-year-old partnership is anchored by mutual interests, its shared values with Israelis and Americans, united by our commitment to democracy, economic prosperity, national security, and it's the birthplace of Christianity. Christ was born in Bethlehem. In the Middle East, Israel stands as a beacon of democratic values. Free and fair elections are held, Citizens enjoy the rights and freedoms that we often take for granted in the West. Israel's one of the few places in the Middle East where Christians can freely express their faith in God. I know there are some exceptions, but generally, Christians are allowed to express their faith in God and their Christianity. It contains significant biblical history, obviously, in Israel. In the Middle East, Israel stands as a beacon of democratic values where free and fair elections, free and fair elections are held. Many of the terrorist groups who hate Israel also hate the United States. We've heard this before. They call Israel the little Satan and the U.S. the big Satan. How the Israeli-Palestine conflict plays out with, will set a kind of a significant precedent on how we respond to bullies of the same of this kind. Would America give terrorists a piece of our land to appease them? I don't think so. It could be taken by force, but we would not give it to them. Of course not. But rightly defending its land and its people, Israel launched the heaviest ever bombardment on the Gaza Strip after Hamas carried out their unprecedented and barbaric surprise cross-border attack into southern Israel on October 7th. 
Last week, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said that the Pentagon was ready to deploy more military aid to Washington's closest Middle Eastern ally. Israeli forces, as you know, we've talked about it on this program, prepared last week for a likely invasion of Gaza. They said they were, Netanyahu said it was going to be unlike anything they had ever seen before. Israel's response has already begun by air, dropping thousands of bombs in Gaza. It's expected to intensify as it prepares for a likely ground assault. The problem now is, I believe, and in fairness, President Joe Biden, his words have been very supportive of Israel. I don't know what he's in his heart. I have a clue because I know what he said in the past. He hasn't been a big ally personally as a politician his entire life. He has not been a, a, a real strong ally with Israel, but he has been recently in his words. He said the right things. He has said, we will, we have your back and so on. The phrases he always uses for people like transgenders and others that he really does support. So he has made, said the right things in front of the world and we'll see how that support plays out. But Israel has been saying repeatedly that they're going to uh, attack, you know, and take out Hamas. I mean, rid them because they're they're if they're left to their own devices, they're going to turn around and do the same thing all over again. And everybody knows that. I mean, if I know it, certainly the military people know it. And so that's that's the the issue at hand. And so President Joe Biden has been, has been saying he supports Israel and we have your back and we're going to give you a bunch of money and we're going to give you some arms and whatever. But they haven't invaded yet. And it, some people who are very highly supportive of Israel are asking the question What in the West, they're asking the question, what is the holdup? Why are they waiting? And the answer seems to be that the United States is telling Netanyahu behind the scene that he should slow that down a little bit and give us time to try to negotiate for hostages. My, my concern, after having observed for a number of years, I'm over 40 now, um, my, my concern is that this will delay this until the some of the authenticity will, will be eroded and it will create an all-out media war against Israel if they wait and wait and wait and then do what they said they would do. It just seems to me that it should have been done in the moment because that seemed to be the right time. And that's just me. I mean, certainly some of you listening would disagree with me and I'm sure others would as well, but that's my view. On it, it just seems like it's the right. You say, Gary, are you advocating killing a bunch of people? Yes, I am, because they've already killed a bunch of people, Hamas, and they're going to kill a bunch more people if they're left to their own devices. There is a time of just war, and that is bringing about God's wrath, in that sense, on the enemy, and that's a whole discussion for another day about just war. But nonetheless. Uh, I believe that it's God's will that nations be sovereign and that they protect themselves from enemies who clearly attack and destroy and kill their people. 
particularly in this case, it is so horrific where they've raped old women. They've raped them so violently that they've broken their pelvis. I mean, they've beheaded children and killed children, shot people in the back, just citizens, trying to get the highest possible numbers of in the death toll in front of the world to make a statement. Yeah, this needs to happen, but I'm just wondering if the delay tactic is really the right thing to do, and I'm wondering if it isn't perhaps Joe Biden in the background slowing things down. Certainly the people that are enemies of Israel, they're trying to slow it down so that the masses of anti-Israel people can organize and bring about pressure on Israel to do nothing, just to cease fire and let Hamas reconstitute itself and go on with the killing of the people they disagree with. That's my concern. The Bible directs us to support and pray for Israel. In Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham to, quote, go to a land that I will show you. He promised to make him a great nation. He said to him, all families of the earth shall be blessed. It's an unconditional promise. That nation turned out to be the Jewish nation of Israel. And through Abraham's descendants came Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. God also said, I will bless those who bless you and the, and curse those who curse you. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Since the Lord was speaking about both Abraham and his descendants, it's true today until Christ returns. Whether you're blessed for supporting Israel as America has been or cursed for attempting to destroy her like ancient Babylon or Hitler's Germany or present-day Arab nations, one thing is certain. Israel has been set apart by God. There is no question about that in any clear-thinking person. Accordingly, if the Jewish people hold a, a special place in God's heart, then it stands to reason that all the individuals and all the nations should be sure to stand on the side of Israel. America has recognized that from day one. And as I said, our president, Joe Biden, whom I, I seriously doubt his integrity, but is saying all the right things. He's saying he stands with Israel, period. Thank God he's saying that. What's happening in Israel is an abomination. I think our first duty as a country and as Christians is to stand with God's chosen nation, to pray for his providence and his protection. Pray for the children who are frightened and in extreme danger. Pray for God's hedge of protection to be over every innocent life on both sides of the conflict. And here's the other side of that. If we truly are walking in God's word, in God's truth, in our lives, we must bring ourselves to pray that some, some of the terrorists even, will hear a word, will see something, will be touched in their heart, and that they too might experience the love of God. Will they? No, not mo most of them, probably not. They are probably demon-possessed. But we're called to pray for the enemy as well. And we must remember that in our prayers. That's tough. Right now, Israel needs our support more than ever before. 
We hold on to this promise that he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Psalm 121.4. So we need to stand with Israel, America's ally, God's chosen people. I never cease to be amazed how many Christians are pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel. I don't understand that. I don't understand that like I don't understand supposedly Bible-believing evangelical Christians voting for the likes of Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and the rest of them. I don't understand how that process happens in people's minds, but it does. Over 7 million self-professed evangelical Christians, born-again Christians, said they voted for Hillary Clinton back in, when she was running for president. And I would suspect the number is somewhat the same who voted for Joe Biden. This is not a political observation. It's just my heart. I don't understand that. How do you vote for someone who's going to go out and do harm to the very thing that you believe in? Jesus Christ as Savior, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not sure how that works. I'm not sure what the thought process of that is. It certainly must be solely political, because if there's a moral aspect to your thinking and your voting, I don't know how you could advocate with a sacred vote, your sacred vote, I don't know how you could advocate for people to be in leadership who will try to destroy the very foundations of your belief and your relationship with God. I think it's a time in America when Christians need to do some soul searching because our our country today, I believe with all my heart and it's easy to believe if you pay attention to what's happening, is standing on the threshold. We are a nation in decline. Oh, I know there's some indicators. There's some upticks in some of the financial reports today, as a matter of fact. Oh, I understand all that, but if you look at it as a whole, we're in decline. Spiritually, morally, our institutions. Nobody believes the press anymore. I've got numbers on that that just came out. It's it's not surprising, but it's stunning. Nobody believes what the news is saying. I don't. <laughs> I would be among them. But there's just trust is gone in America. Nobody trusts anybody because they've proven not to be trustworthy. They don't do what they say. They don't even believe what they claim to believe. They claim to be devout members of the Catholic Church, for example, in the highest office of the land, and yet their actions are, for the most part, every moral action that they take in the powerful place they've been elected to. They take a position against righteousness, against biblical truth, against godliness, and for secular progressivism, relativism, cultural Marxism. I'm a simple man. I don't know how you justify all that before 
a supreme almighty God. I don't know. But that's where we are today. That's what's happening. So anyway, Christians and conservative advocacy groups and organizations, they're saying, hey, if these guys are going to make this ballot harvesting, make it legal, we should do it legally and ethically. They're not talking about messing with ballots like the left does. They're just simply saying going out and making an effort to tell people, have you voted yet? If you haven't, vote. I will get your ballot in. And they're not going to call it ballot harvesting because that has such a negative connotation. But they're calling it other things, ballot gathering, ballot uh, uh, collecting, and so on. The term ballot harvesting, it caught my attention when I first saw these guys were talking about this at some of these conventions they've been having recently. I mean, it's kind of a buzz phrase. You know, it's the emer- it's emerged from the mail-in absentee ballot voting and uh, the ballot harvesting describes a process that where a person, sometimes a paid political operative, they collect absentee ballots in mass from voters and they turn them in on, on their behalf, supposedly, or they use them for nefarious purposes. And as I said, but some Christian leaders are saying we've got to reject the native connotation of this ballot harvesting because it's part of the law in a number of a number of states. And so this Gina Gleason, she heads the Real Impact Ministry focusing on this. She's involved with the California-based megachurch, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. That pastor is Jack Hibbs. I mentioned him a few days ago. In fact, Tom Reed at ACN asked me if I could, if he could use some of what I said on the air as a promotion for his program that is on the ACN network. And I said, of course. And I think some of you may have heard that. I don't know him personally, but I certainly know what he's doing. And I know people that have been and are associated with him. But he's he's really leading in the nation, uh, among others. But he's he's a leader. His church is is huge, and uh, they're they're biblical and they're committed to America and doing what they can do as good citizens. So during this uh, Family Research Council's summit in Washington D.C. last month, they were talking about this, and they're the, where where this is legal. Uh, I'll just read the states to you real quickly, and if you if you uh, hear your state mentioned, and, and many of our our listeners uh, t- to this program live in these states, but here's the states where you can legally do this: California, Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Maryland, Nevada, New York, Oregon, uh, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington State, and uh, Wyoming. So. If you live in one of these states, I would encourage you to look into the opportunities and consider becoming a ballot gatherer uh, with some organization that is doing that. Uh, We need to work while it is still day, as the Bible says. So with our freedoms, they're systematically being attacked by the left. Many of those freedoms are still in place, and I think we should exercise them. I think uh, at first glance, I got to tell you, I took a step back, and then I saw the people that were involved in this, uh, like Hibbs and his church, like Tony Perkins and others, whom are completely trustworthy in regards to leadership. So, I mean, that's why I'm putting it out there to whomever is listening to us. And I wrote an article on this today, and it's on our website, faithandfreedom.us. And all the information is there, and there are links to these organizations and much more information that would could be specific to you and where you live. But I would consider this, and at least look into it and inform yourself. 
uh, so that you'll know what's going on. And that's the real reason that I wrote the article, so that people who are interested could check it out and maybe get involved in it. Thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need your support. We need it every month. Thank you for standing with us. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.